You can listen to seasons two through four of Questions for Lennon, plus new episodes of season five now on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash Lennon and use the promo code Lennon. You'll get by with a little help from John Lennon. It's Questions for Lennon. Okay, welcome to Questions for Lennon, the podcast where we answer questions sent in by our listeners. I'm your host, former rock and roll guitarist John Lennon. Now, this is a very exciting episode. I've got to say, you know why? Because it's our first one. It's very exciting. Now, I'm sure most of you out there are saying, Okay, you've said the title of the podcast, good. You said who's hosting, that's great, but but what's this whole damn thing going to be about anyway? Uh, you know, and you're probably standing up, you're probably screaming at your computer or your cell phone or however you listen to podcasts, and you're so fed up you just want to destroy the damn thing, but hold on, hold on, let me explain, let me explain what's going on here. It's very simple. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer questions that our listeners have emailed in. That's it. You know, most of the emails are, are advice questions, but some of them are just questions people want to ask me, and I'm going to answer them. It's, it's simple as that. Now, I should say that this episode is just going to be me solo. It's just going to be me talking, no guests. You know, but sometimes we'll have guests on. You know, sometimes I'll have two guests on. Or sometimes I'll have three guests on, but I'll never have five. You never want to have five guests, you know, four if you're lucky, but peep, five people in a room with microphones, it doesn't work. You look at any band, any band you've ever, ever heard of, it's one, you know, two, three, four, or six members. You've never seen a five-person band, or at least I never have. Okay, so I'm going to have guests, but this one, this one's going to be just me. And it makes the most sense to me, you know, I, it's, here's what it's like, here's what it's like. You know when you go on a date with someone that you've never been out with before? Well, you don't go to the restaurant right away with them first. That would be crazy. They'd lock you up for something like that. You always go to the restaurant that you're going to go on your first date alone and sort of feel things out. You got to see how the place operates. You don't, you know, you don't know if the waiter's going to be the type of guy who has trembly hands and spills bright red pasta sauce all over your date's dress because then the date's done and you look like a fool. So doing the first episode of a podcast is just like that. You you you, you got to test it out before you you have a guest. I mean, just it, it just makes perfect sense. It makes sense to me anyway. Okay, now if you don't know who I am, here's here's my backstory. I used to play guitar with the European rock band The Beatles. Check out if you if you ever heard of us. Check out one of our albums. I, I'm sure they're still selling them somewhere. Or maybe you could maybe you could even try the library. They're there for sure. I just know it. Oh, we had a lot of fun in the Beatles. We all, we all did. You know, people always ask me, hey, John, what was the dynamic like in that group? And, you know, well, I, I always have to say, you know, there were many of us in the Beatles. Okay? Some of us played guitar. Some of us played bass. But there was one. Oh, there was one of us, and he played drums. And his name was Ringo Starr, and he was my very best friend. You know, he still is my best friend. I see him on a weekly basis, so that's probably why I won't forget him either. But he was wonderful. He, he used to, you know, we used to line up in the front and play, our, like I said, our guitars or our bass guitars. Oh, piano. We had a piano in one of the songs, more than one of the songs, I think. But Ringo, you could always count on him to be right in the back, hitting those drums. 
He played the drums and he also maintained them. A lot of people don't know that. He was in charge of playing and maintaining the drums, you know, tightening them up and cleaning them off from, you know, sweat would drip on them. Or if we were eating in the studio, you know, sometimes spaghetti sauce or a pizza, a pepperoni, you know, would fall on top of it. You say, hey, I'm not cleaning that up. That's Ringo's job. And just God love him. He would say, I know it's my job and I'm going to get right on it once I'm done with lunch. So we owe everything to Ringo. I loved him very much. Okay. Also, oh, ooh, I got to mention this. So I went, I got, I got myself, listen to this. Ah, uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I got, uh, okay, I got, uh, secrets out. I got a sound effects board. Busted. Yeah, that's right, I'm busted. Ooh, don't take a picture of me. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun to use. You know, if someone says, you know, if someone makes, uh, uh, talks about, you know, falling into a toilet, I can do this. Oh, that's disgusting. I would have to, that would be filled in for me saying that's disgusting. Or if something's taking too long, you know, time's up, you're done. Yeah, but I'm trying not to be too nasty or mean on this podcast. All right, let's get to the questions. Here's, here's the first question. It says, dear John Lennon. Well, thank you very much. I'm wondering what shade of t-shirt I should wear. I like black t-shirts in the sense that they conceal my armpit stains. Oof. And look cool on me. But they feel too hot in the sun, and they aren't representative of my disposition, okay? When white t-shirts feel good in the sun and do represent my disposition, sunny slash white. But when I wear them for too long in the sun for too many days in a row, I get visibly pit-stained. Furthermore, if I wear both white t-shirts and black t-shirts, I'm worried that I'll seem wishy-washy or bipolar to my friends and coworkers, Tess Wolfson. All right. Well, first of all, you know, many props, many big ups for the name Wolfson. That sounds very exciting. Now, here's what I do. I wear a white suit every single day. I own about 30 of them. And, you know, I don't have this problem. So if you're worried about me, I suggest you stop it right now because I'm doing fine. Here's another thing I'll say. Don't wear both black and white shirts. You know, you're going to be way too hot. You'll be layered up. You'll be sweating all over the place. You're not, don't worry about pit stains at that point. Just worry about sopping wet t-shirts. Everyone's going to look at you and say, hey, you know, did you just go for a dip? How many laps are you doing? Do you do a diving board? You're going to answer so many swimming questions that you never intended. So don't wear two shirts at the same time. I had a friend who did that once. You know, he had to, he had to move towns because he said, I'm not a swimmer. I've never been in the water. I, quite, quite frankly, I'm afraid of swimming. He got right out of there. Here's another suggestion I have for you. Absolutely do not wear gray. You know, it seems like that's the only color people are wearing these days, and I'm quite sick of it. You know, you go into a, a place where there's a lot of people. Let's say you go into a shopping mall or something. You squint your eyes. It looks like a fog is rolling in. I mean it. And I, I'm sick of it. You, you know, people have to start wearing different color T-shirts. This gray stuff is getting way out of control, and it's it's... I don't speak out about many topics, but this has got to stop. I'm really serious. It, re it really bums me out. All right, here's, here's my advice for you. And I want to say this. It's going to sound crazy, but just do it, and you'll be a whole lot happier. Forget black. Forget white. Definitely forget gray. Wear the color teal. Do it. I think you'll look great in it. You know, having no idea what you look like, 
I think you should wear teal because it looks great and it's the color that goes with everything. Plus, you'll be the person, you know, who's that person? Who are you talking about? What do you mean? Oh, that person in the teal right there. Yes, I know that person. They wear teal all the time and I love it. I think they look great. You know, it's a color you don't see very often and I want to go talk to that person. And I want to advance that person in their social status. You know, it could happen, but do it. Try it out. Go home, wherever you're, wherever you're listening to this, go home, or if you are home, go to where your dresser is, where you keep all your shirts, and throw them away. You don't need them anymore. Then go online and order as many teal shirts as you can find. I think that would be a great idea. I hope that helped. Here's another question. Whistling Pete. Okay, now, th- thank you very much for mentioning this. Whistling Pete... If for those of you who don't know, I'm working on a country western album under the name Whistlin' Pete, and it's, it's, you know, I'm writing down things as I can. I really like the idea of it. It's it's fun to do a different type of music, but I can't get anything recorded because I don't have my guitar with me. My gu- I get very upset about this. My guitar is at my best friend Ringo's house. Because I lent it to him some time ago, and he won't give it back to me. And I keep saying, you know, I'll go over there sometimes. Ringo, yeah, you leave the guitar, you know, it's in your closet. Or the next thing I'll see, it's in his garage in a box. And he says, no, no, I'm really going to get to it. I swear to you, please don't take it from me. Now, the last time I was over there, you know, I was having a late lunch with him. And so what I did, this was a little trick I wanted to play on. I wore a long you know, trench coat. And I walk in and he says, what are you doing with the trench coat? I said, don't worry about it. I heard there was going to be rain. Let's get to eating. We do that. We chit chat. And then it's time for me to go. But I say, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Of course, you'd, you'd let me go to the bathroom. He said, fine. You know, you don't usually have to say that type of thing. But I sneak away. I go into his closet and I find the guitar. You know, it's a, a Fender guitar, which I love. And it's got a whammy bar that you can't be beat. The whammy bar looks like a, a little old skeleton finger. And it, oh, it really makes the sound come out in such a way that it would blow your mind. So I sneak it up into my trench coat, and I walk out, and I'm walking very stiffly, and I say, okay, bye, Ringo, I got to go, and I'm just hobbling, I say, hold on, what are you doing? Did you hurt your foot? Did you hurt your leg? You look like you're limping. And I said, I'm fine, just please leave me alone, and I'm going to go, and we'll talk later. He said, stop right there, and right then, I knew it. I knew I was busted. He said, open your trench coat. I said, come on, Ringo. We don't know each other like that. He said, stop making funny jokes. Open your trench coat. I did, and the guitar fell out, damaged the guitar. I said, hey, hey, that's not my fault. He said, yes, it is. You have to go get it repaired and bring it back to me because it's still... So I had to go repair my own guitar that I was trying to steal back from my best friend. It doesn't make sense, but, you know, I, I'll never be the type of person that lends and gives and takes it back, so I... I did it. He still got it. Where were we? We were talking about Whistling Pete. No, we were talking about this question. All right, here we go. Whistling Pete. As I explained, Whistling Pete, okay, that's a different persona. It's my country, West Minnesota, but it could as very well say, Dear John Lennon. Okay. I know you're not a homeowner, but I think you could give some perspective on this. My wife says we need to finish our basement or we have to move. I don't want to do either, but I got to pick. Help. Thanks for your wisdom, JL, from Joel Adams. Okay, this is an interesting, you know, this is an interesting one. Now, finishing up a basement can mean two things. It can mean, you know, putting up uh, insulated walls and a proper ceiling and making your basement a, a living space 
as you would any other type of uh, room in the house. It makes for a more of a functional place to live in your home. It can also mean digging down further into your basement, digging as deep as you can until you hit rock or, or something else, where, something hard where you just can't dig anymore, and you've essentially finished your digging. Now, I've never heard anyone do the, the, the what I was just talking, so I'll assume you were talking about the formula. Your wife wants to turn the basement into a functioning living space and not just a dank cinder block enclosed dark space where it's cold down there and no one can use it and it's just a place to store all your junk. All right, here's what I'm going to say. I think you got to turn that into a finished basement. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Come on, what are you talking about? You put a TV down there. You put an L-shaped couch that you can sit on. You know, make it a big couch with recliners on there. And you could have a lot of fun down there. Put up, you know, posters of sports or, you know, uh, uh, old Olympic events. Anything you want down there. Maybe your favorite rock star. Maybe her favorite rock star. Bring her down in there and make it your own man cave. Now, even though I hate that term, man cave, and I'll tell you why. It's because it makes you think of bears, hibernating bears, and nobody wants to be associated or compared to a hibernating bear. I don't think that's fun, and I don't think it's fair. So I think what we should do is call, you know, man caves. I, what, what about man nests? I think that would be a lot. To, that would be much better because you're sitting there, you're in a soft place. Birds live in nests. Everyone wants to be compared to birds because they fly around, and who doesn't want to fly? So do that. Make yourself a man's nest down the basement. Have your wife come down there. You have a great time. Just do it. I don't care how much it costs. That's none of my concern, and good luck to you. All right, here's another one. Dear John, I've been working at my job for over a year now, and they still haven't given me a raise. Should I quit or stick with it? With love, AJ. All right, AJ, here's what you do. You've got to stick with it. Okay, your good work is going to get noticed. I just know it will. You know, you, you don't want to go in there and say, you know, hey, can I get a raise? You know, because you know what they'll say to you. They'll say, no, yeah, well, you can't have a raise, but you know what you can do? You can pack up your, your, your desk or your cubicle or your taxi or whatever it is you do, and you can get the hell out of here because we don't need that type of stuff around here. You, you know, they've got all the power in the world, and you just got to play by their game. And eventually, you know, eventually they'll say, hey, this guy's doing well. You give, you, give him a little bit of a raise. But until that day, you've got to play by their rules. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's what you got to do because times are tough these days. And if they kick you out on your little ass, you know, you're jobless and you're penniless and you're friendless. Because take it from me, no one wants to hang out with someone who has no money. It's, it's not fun for them because then they're always paying. And then all of a sudden they have no money. But guess what? You got to go to the movies for free. And so do keep the job. At least you're making some money. Stick with it. And, and I think your, your work's going to get noticed sooner or later. And it's only been a year. So you got to stick with it, AJ. I'll tell you that here's a bit of advice for you. You know, see if you can do something like, uh, you know, start a silly hat day or, uh, you know, have a cupcake day where people bring in cupcakes. You know, it breaks up the monotony of work and you get a little bit of a cupcake if you could. And, and uh, no, nobody will ever say no to a dessert. So have a little bit of fun with cupcake day. All right. All right, let's get to the next one. Hi, John. Did your wife ever try to get you to open a brunch spot called Ono's Yoko's? First time, long time, Nick. No, that never came up. I, I, I don't want to disappoint you, but that type of thing never came up. But I will say this. 
I always wanted to open a shirt store. For a time there in the 70s, I wanted to open a store that sold short sleeve shirts, mostly, you know, button-ups. And it was going to call Don't Shirt the Issue. It was a great idea, I thought. Because, you know, you, you, you think of Don't Shirt the Issue, you, you think of Don't Skirt the Issue. You know, it's a play on that. And then you start thinking skirts. I'm thinking of clothing. Oh, right. Shirts are in here. This is great. The customers are already thinking about clothing by the time they walk in there. So they're ready, they're ready to buy. Now, I will say this. Yoko hated the idea. She, she, w- she would stay up all day and all night telling me, this is a stupid idea. You shouldn't be doing this. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your money. I would say, no, a shirt store is my passion. And she'd say, I never heard you talk about it before. And I said, no, it really is. I don't care. I mean, yes, I may have thought of it yesterday, but it was such a great idea for a store. And I'll tell you why. It was right around the time that I knew, I knew shirts were going to make a comeback. It was summertime and everyone was just, you know, taking off their shirts and throwing them away because it was too hot. People were walking around the streets with no shirts on. And I knew, I knew that the colder months were going to be coming back and people, guess what? They were going to have to buy new shirts. And what's better in those crisp autumn days than buying a button-up short sleeve shirt? They, they look great. They feel great in that, in that type of weather. Plus, all you have to do is put on a light jacket or a sweater if it gets a little bit colder. So I thought I had the world by the tail there. You know, we'd, we'd get into fights about this. These fights would get huge, and we'd be yelling at each other, and I'd say things I didn't mean, and she'd say things she didn't mean. And in the end, you know, she would apologize, and I would apologize as well for letting it get to, you know, the level that it did. Now, I've got to admit, you know, I, I've sort of forgotten what the question was at this point. I'm not going to go back and read it, because I think that would be a waste of time. So I guess my advice is, if you're in a relationship, any type of relationship... There's got to be some give and take, and you've got to participate in it, and, and you need to you need to be big enough to apologize when you know you're wrong, or even if you're not wrong. You know, I apologize for just letting things get that out of control. Uh, so I hope that helps. Uh, Nick is your name. Oh, okay, and when I went back to read your name, I saw that your question was about an egg shop or something. Okay, I hope that answers your question, Nick. Okay, here's another one. I have a question for John Lennon. <laughs> well, that, that's good. That's me. Are you on Spotify? Peace and love, Alan P. Williams. Can I be honest with you? I have no damn idea. I have no idea if I'm on Spotify. You know, I don't use a computer with you know any rate of success, uh, so I couldn't get on there to check if I'm on Spotify. You know, the my success rate with a computer is about 40%. Even getting these emails to answer off for the podcast, you know, took me about a week and a half to get off the Gmail program. But, you know, I also, to be honest with you, I was curious if I was on Spotify. And here's a story. I bu- about uh, a week ago, or it wa- was it a... About a week ago, or... It, no, it was about two months ago, I was at a party. And, well, you know, it was, to tell you the truth, it was more of a, a barbecue than a party. And it was a great barbecue, as a matter of fact. I had a hot dog and a ham. No, I had two hot dogs and a root beer. But later I would then have a beer. So I had just the two hot dogs and a root beer and a beer. So, okay. So it's just at this barbecue. And somebody had their laptop out and they're on Spotify. And I said, oh, geez, I've been meaning to check. Am I on Spotify? And they said, 
you know, hold on. Oh, I I also had a, a cup of potato salad with that meal. It was to the two hot dogs and a potato salad and a root beer. Then later in the day, I had a beer, and it was a Heineken. Now that I think of it, all right. So you know, they were some people call Heinekens Heinies, but I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think it's appropriate. It makes you think of what am I going to drink uh, out of someone's. You know, anus or something. That's that's where your head goes sometimes if you're thinking about it. So anyway, some people. What was, where was I? People were on their laptops, looking at Spotify. We want to play a song, and I said, "Am I on that thing?" And they said, "Hold on, we'll check it out in a minute. We're looking for a song." And the song they were looking for was "Renegades of Funk." Well, they found it, and my God, have you heard that song? It 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 really gets you moving. I think we listened to that thing about four times in a row, and I'm, you know, I'm dancing around. It, it was great. I, I forgot all about that I was on Spotify. And by the time, you know, I was leaving the party and in my car on the way home, I said, oh, gee, I forgot to, to look it up. So I have no idea if I'm on Spotify or if Spotify even has other songs. But I will tell you this, if they do have one song, Renegades of Funk, and it really, it's, it's, a, it's a war cry. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. A war cry for funk, for funk fans, really. So what I would advise you to do is to, to, you know, you'd have to call Spotify yourself if you don't have it or you don't know how to log on like me and ask them, you know, do you have any John Lennon songs? John Lennon, the same guy who was in the Beatles and why are you talking about it? Uh, do you have any Beatles songs? So good luck. I hope you find it out. Okay, here's one. Can you ask Ringo to recommend a good set of bongos? Thanks. I love you, Robert. All right. Look, I'm not going to ask Ringo. I'll recommend him myself. I've learned that you don't ask Ringo about drums. Uh, you will. He won't shut up. <laughs> that guy can talk about drums and bongos and uh, any cymbals. Oh, he loves to talk about cymbals. I remember one time I was over at his house and... Ringo was getting a massage and the way he, you know he was worried that the masseuse was going to steal his wallet so I he said could you come over and just sort of be around so it doesn't you know because your face is down in the massage table you can't see anything and that's just easy for someone to take all your money so he said come over and you just sit there and you can read uh, whatever and just watch the guy so I did I had nothing going on that day that entire week actually but this one particular day it was wide open and I'm sitting there talking to Ringo and the subject of drums comes up. And he's talking and talking. I can't get a word in edgewise. So we're sitting there. And, and if I, at one point, I left. I, I, I left to go run some errands. I, I got a haircut. I went to an eye appointment. And I, I had to get my shoes buffed. I did three things and came back. And he's still talking about drums as if I wasn't there. So, no, I'm not going to ask Ringo about that. But I'll... I'll, I'll be happy to, to, to recommend a good set. Um, now, uh, uh, well, who makes uh, Yamaha? You know, there's a company, Yamaha. They make drums. They make a full drum kit, uh, if, and they're very good. If they do make bongos, I'm sure the bongos are fine. Uh, so Yamaha, if they make them, get those. Uh, any music instrument store, really, you, you know, you could go there and ask them, and they could tell you. And if they, and if they don't know... Or if they don't sell good bongos, they could probably direct you to a place that does sell good bongos. Uh, Sam Ash, you know, they might, but who knows? They might have young Yamaha bongos, for all we know. But, you know, that is if Yamaha makes the bongos. And if they don't, they should. Um, oh, you know what? 
What about, there's, of course, Jongo's Bongo's. Now, that's a company that only manufactures bongos, and they're great. It's my friend uh, Jonathan Goburn who, who runs it. You know, look him up and see if they have any left. They go so quickly because they're the best. So, Jongo Bongo, you know, we should see, hey, we should see if he wants to, you know, sponsor this whole podcast. If you, know, I haven't spoken to him in years, but, geez, I could bring him in and play him a little bit. Uh, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. Well, I don't, I need to take bongo lessons. All right, well, so look up Jongo's Bongos. I... I hope that helps you. Oh, okay, good luck. All right, dear John, I'm sure you've been inundated with questions about Paul's death and who the fucking walrus actually is. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, but uh, my question is in regards to your famous alcohol fuse last weekend. Ooh. More specifically, an experience you had at the Troubadour. I've heard you and Harry Nielsen were kicked out of the famous L.A. club for heckling the Smothers Brothers. My question is, why did you and Harry feel the need to be so disruptive? Do you regret it? And have you been back since? Regards from Ireland. Ooh, Aiden Mitchell. P.S. More details on the last weekend would be much appreciated. Well, I think you covered that in the rest of your question. I'll give you the details. I'll give you the whole damn story. So, so what happened is me and Harry Nielsen, we were at the Troubadour, as your letter says, watching the Smothers Brothers. We were having a great time, and we were drinking, oh, we were drinking anything they put down in front of us and anything they weren't. We were stealing drinks off of other people's tables, and we were getting very rowdy. And the problem with the whole act was the Smothers Brothers were doing a yo-yo act. And I hated yo-yos back then. I didn't understand them. And that was my biggest problem. You know, I, I, you fear, I feared them. I feared yo-yos because I didn't understand them. That fear manufactured itself into hate. And I, I got up on stage and heckled them because out of, I, was a, I was afraid because I didn't have the knowledge about what a yo-yo was. I'm fine to admit it now, but at the time I was a very proud man. So I got up on stage, I took the yo-yo, I broke the string in half, and I took the hard part, the yo-yo part, and I walked into the bathroom and I flushed it down the toilet. And I had the microphone with me at that point, and I, from the bathroom, said, hey, you know, Smothers Brothers, Tommy and Dick, I'll say what I said. I said, fuck you. And that, that, that's when they lost it. They didn't mind me taking their props and throwing them away. They did not like the vulgarity, those two. So both of them got off stage, picked me up by the ears, one on each ear, you know, walked me outside, threw me into a dumpster, you know, into a trash can, like the one Oscar the Grouch is in that, about that size. And then that, I thought, okay, fine, they've done with, uh, they put me in the, I'm done. I haven't, I'm done dealing with the Smothers Brothers finally. My ears are killing me and I'm covered in trash. They then take the trash can, put me in a cab and send me, they say, take him 20 miles west. Well, I'm living 20 miles east at the time. So they essentially are putting me 40 miles away from my home. I couldn't believe it. But basically, that, that's what happened at, uh, that night. Every single detail is true that I just said. So update the Wikipedia page on that. All right. Uh, thanks for the question. I, I hope that helped. And I hope that was enough detail for you. Dear John, what's your second favorite smell, Connor from Pittsburgh? And the answer to that is jelly. Okay, all right, I've got to wrap things up here. The show is coming uh, to a close. 
<laughs> yes, uh, boo, boo. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be back. Uh, I want to thank everyone who wrote in. And, you know, before we go, I need to uh, uh, say something that I've been doing a bit of writing myself. Now, I'm working on a book. It's going to be, you know, it's forthcoming, but it's a, it, the title is The Beatles, Who Played What? And it's basically, you know, just a list of who was in The Beatles and what instruments they played. As it stands now, you know, the, the book is about... Oh, I'd say one page long. You know, it's it's not a very uh, hefty subject matter. You, but we've got, you know, we've got the, the, the title page. That's one. We've got the dedication page to me and Ringo. I dedicated half the book to myself. We've got, uh, you know, the, the table of contents. We've got the book itself. And then we've got the glossary. So we've got five pages. Plus... With you know, with, with the, the 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 binding around it, that you count those as pages. That's two more. This is a seven-page book, so, and my publisher says, you know, you can't do that. You have to fill it out. This is more of a pamphlet. And I said, just put it on the shelves and let's see what happens. So look for that in uh, you know uh, 2019 because I don't want to rush this type of thing. I really want to get it right. I've never written a book before, and I want to make sure this one is top-notch. Okay, now that's all the time we have, unfortunately. Thanks for listening, everyone, and good luck out there.